Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part three of our CT evaluation of liver masses. And as a teaser, the last image I showed you before we took a break was this image. And remember, I spoke about hemangiomas, I spoke about FNH. So I'm asking you, what about this lesion? There maybe is actually two lesions. There's one little anterior that's not vascular, or maybe a little dot of vascularity. But what about this other lesion that's very vascular? Is this a hemangioma? Is this FNH? Well, you know, it's a solid vascular lesion and the liver is cirrhotic. So the one thing I have a problem with, I have three problems. One is hemangiomas have peripheral enhancement and can fill in and be bright, but usually they're less bright. And I don't see the filling in here. I just see a bright lesion. What about FNH? Well, we said FNH is as bright as the IVC and that's what this lesion kind of is. But the patient has a cirrhotic liver. When I see a cirrhotic liver, I never call a lesion benign, unless I really have a good reason to do that. Maybe it's a cyst or something. Hemangiomas, for example, with cirrhotic liver is because hemangiomas are basically blood pools. The fibrosis in some cirrhotic liver will collapse them. So you really don't see hemangiomas in cirrhotic livers. It's unusual for a cirrhotic liver to have FNH. And this lesion does have a feeding vessel, but the vessel is slightly irregular. But the lesion is worrisome, very vascular, and really doesn't wash out the same, perhaps, as we spoke about FNH. And we'll keep going through the images because when it finally does wash out, you see that there's enhancement around the rim. So it's not like it washes out and it becomes isodense. It washes out centrally, perhaps, but there's still rim enhancement and there's peripheral enhancement, and that's the pattern you get in a patient with things like hepatoma. So you want to be very careful. Majority of lesions we see are going to be benign, FNH, hemangioma, cysts, but you need to be very careful. And one word of caution is in the face of cirrhosis, do not be calling benign lesions unless you have a really good reason, okay? A little helpful hint there. So again, look at the lesion. Also look at the lesion in more anteriorly. That behaved very funny as well. It washed out, but they were both hepatomas. So let's move to another lesion now, and that's hepatogadenomas. Hepatogadenomas are an unusual tumor, but very important. The more common in women, mean age about 41. There's a strong relationship between long-term oral contraceptive use and hepatogadenomas, usually at least two years. Some patients, when they stop oral contraceptives, the hepatic adenomas will resolve. There's increased risk with anabolic androgen steroid intake, as well as, as well as metabolic liver diseases, such as glycogen storage disease, particularly type 2, where there's an increased incidence of hepatic adenomas, tyrosinemia, steatohepatitis, and hemochromatosis. 70 to 80% of hepatic adenomas are solitary, but they can be multiple. Again, particularly in things like glycogen storage disease, there's a range in sizes. Two problems with hepatic adenomas. One, they can bleed. So one of the most common causes of spontaneous hepatic bleed is hepatic adenoma. Yes, hepatoma. Yes, hemangioma can also do it. Biopsy trauma obviously rounds things out. But in the absence of trauma, the most likely cause of spontaneous bleed is hepatic adenoma. Uh, large and multiple lesions are more prone to bleeding. The other issue with hepatic adenomas is 
they are prone to develop into hepatomas and most people will treat hepatic adenomas as if they were premalignant. Now there is a lot of work looking at genetics of hepatic adenomas, dividing them into multiple categories, and it looks like perhaps long-term we'll be able to separate those that can become malignant from those that will not. So there's a lot of work going on in that regard. Now in terms of the CT findings, typically a well-defined mass that may contain hemorrhage, necrosis, fat, and rarely, rarely calcification it's one of the tumors besides a, a, a myelolipoma in the liver that can contain uh, fat. Teratomas are rare, also can contain fat. On the contrast CT, they're typically hypo or isodense. Moderate enhancement, though not as homogeneous as uh, FNH. On portal venous phase, the lesions enhance similar to surrounding liver. And in delayed phase imaging, they also are similar to surrounding liver. So here's a good example. There's a vascular lesion right lobe of liver. When you look at the MIP, you do see some puddling vessels. And if you look at this image, it's vascular and these slightly irregular vessels. It does not have the appearance of hemangioma. That's easy. You could think about FNH, but it's not as smooth or homogeneous as one would like. FNH typically has a central scar. The vessels here are small, and it's hard to call them neovascularity, but if you look at the lesion as it washes out on venous phase, it's less well-defined, but you still see it. It's still not becoming isodense. You also have enhancement of what looked like a pseudocapsule around the edge of the lesion. That's something you're going to see with hepatic adenomas and not FNH. Here's another lesion, very similar, vascular. You look at the feeding vessel going to the lesion. So feeding vessels can occur with everything from hepatoma to FNH to hepatic adenoma to hemangiomas. And you watch the lesion as you go to venous phase. It's still well-defined, still vascular. That's not the appearance of FNH or hemangioma. This is going to be hepatic adenoma. Now, the one thing I could not tell you in this case is that this is not a hepatoma looks very much like a hepatoma, hypervascular lesion. Obviously, hepatoma is more common in cirrhotic livers. This is not cirrhotic, but you can see why I worry about this lesion. And although hepatic adenoma is in your differential diagnosis, so is hepatoma. So this lesion will be resected. It's solitary. There it is on the cinematic rendering, very nicely shown. Another example, sometimes hepatic adenomas is subtle. When you look at the left lobe of the liver, you see this bulging, but you also see this prominent vascularity. Now, I have to admit it's subtle, but you see it nicely on the coronal views as well. On the MIP, particularly nicely shown with the central vessel. And you see some stretching of the vessel. You go through a long differential. This is an infiltrating tumor. You could consider hepatoma very much so. This was a hepatic adenoma. You see the blush on the delayed phase. Again, not hemangioma, not cysts, not FNH. You gotta be thinking hepatic adenoma, but also you could not rule out malignancy. And there it is on delayed. You can see some of the mass effect, but the lesion is essentially isodense, nicely pushing on the patient's stomach. Interestingly, on cinematic rendering, and we showed with cinematic rendering, Texture mapping can show lesions well. Very nicely shows you the differential texture of this mass. Very nicely shows you the separation of the mass from the normal liver. 
and also that textural change really good for cirrhosis. What about this case? Large mass right lobe of the liver, pseudocapsule, sensual necrosis, vascularity. Again, big liver, it looks like cirrhosis. My first thought would be hepatoma till proven otherwise. This ended up being hepatic adenoma. Again, you could see why it's impossible at times to distinguish hepatic adenomas from hepatoma. Here's another example, very vascular, some central necrosis. Again, hepatoma is on my lip. This ended up being hepatic adenoma. Pseudocapsule compressed adjacent tissue, stretching of vessels, and again, very nicely showing you how the lesion looks as you go from arterial to venous. Central scarring occurs in many different lesions. With hepatic adenoma, it typically does not fill in. Here's another example, big lesion, right lobe of liver. You can see the phases bright to becoming washed out as we go to venous phase. But again, you still can see the margins. Here's another example of a large mass that I would surely favor is hepatoma, but it was hepatic adenoma. So again, you can see why perhaps we treat hepatic adenomas like hepatoma, because many will progress in that direction. But from an imaging perspective, it can be challenging. They can look very, very similar. And again, this statement of fact holds very true. Now, I mentioned about bleeding. Most common lesions to spontaneously bleed is hepatic adenoma. Patient with right upper quadrant pain thought maybe acute cholecystitis. Bleed, right lobe of liver. Sometimes when you have the bleed, what happens is the tumor ruptures and you really don't see the tumor. All you see is the blood. So the tumor is there. You can see a similar appearance of a biopsy. There was no biopsy. Underlying hepatoma could do the same thing. Nevertheless, this is going to be resected. Here's a patient with multiple hepatic adenomas, but the lesion laterally in the left lobe is the lesion that bled and explains why the patient presented with left upper quadrant pain. So a beautiful example of a large bleed, but also a wonderful example of multiple hepatic adenomas. Remember we said 70% are solitary, but many of them, 30%, are multiple, and again, more common in glycogen storage disease. But a beautiful example of the lesion in the lateral segment of the left lobe spontaneously bleeding. Now, here's a great case. If you look at this patient, it has multiple hepatic lesions. Uh, this is on the non-contrast scans. You actually see these lesions present. Several years earlier, the patient had a negative CT. You give contrast, arterial face. Look how these lesions look. You could think perhaps even about metastatic disease from a neuroendocrine tumor. Look at the MIP. Look how many lesions there are, ranging from a few millimeters to a few centimeters in both the right and left lobe of the liver. Multiple lesions present on the venous phase. That was multifocal hepatic adenoma. Or in this case, large bleed right lobe of liver. Again, as we say, when you have a bleed, it's hard at times to see the tumor, but spontaneous bleed is hepatic adenoma till proven otherwise. Okay, very important caveat. And another example here, bleeding lesion, scarring, a spontaneous bleed within the lesion, multiple hepatic adenomas that have bled. Another one here, large subcapsular hematoma, tumor right lobe of liver, spontaneous rupture and bleed in this patient with hepatic adenoma. 
Again, you can see the extent of the blood, the differential densities, the subcapsular extension of blood, a very classic appearance. Again, hepatic adenoma bleed, okay. Another example, large bleed, right lobe of liver. This is both acute, and I won't say chronic, but acute and subacute perhaps. Where's the primary tumor? They look like a number of lesions, including in the left lobe. Um, again, it's hard to define the border of the lesion in the right lobe because there were just so much blood present. Any portion of this could have bled, and then it's hard to define exactly where the bleeding site is. Sometimes I will see it. Other times, like in this case, really hard to predict. You can see on the venous phase, the lesions wash out, the dominant mass right lobe, multiple additional small masses in right and left lobe, consistent with multiple hepatic adenomas. Okay, just a very nice example. Now, in terms of hepatic bleeding, I mentioned biopsy, I mentioned trauma, but again, the history is usually good for that. I mentioned hepatoma. I also need to mention metastasis. This was a patient with metastatic neuroendocrine tumor to the liver, spontaneously bled. This is a patient with hepatic adenoma, spontaneously bled. So again, it can be tricky. Uh, this is a good example of what looks to me like a hepatoma that bled, large solitary mass, big liver, stretching of the vessels around the mass itself. Now, hepatomas, 85% are hypervascular, but not always. So perhaps I'm dealing with a hepatoma that bled. But again, resection, this was hepatic adenoma, stretching of the vessels, large bleed present, nicely seen on the cinematic rendering. Very nice example. And this article by uh, Thomas about bleeding liver masses, a broad spectrum of pathologic conditions can, can present with spontaneous bleed. Uh, imaging characteristics and clinical history can often narrow the differential diagnosis and guide management. And again, just to repeat, hepatoma, metastasis like neuroendocrine tumor, melanoma, angiosarcoma, very rare, hepatic adenoma, we spoke about that, hemangioma, hepatic cysts, again, very rare, and of course, trauma is an important thing. Other things that can occur and bleed in the liver, hepatic artery aneurysms and pseudoaneurysms. Another cause is help, which is postpartum, peliosis, hepatitis, and miscellaneous lesions. So the truth is almost anything can bleed. It's just it's so rare to see an FNH or a cirrhotic liver just spontaneous bleed. Uh, again, this article by Casillas way back when goes through the differential diagnosis, but again, hepatoma and hepatic adenoma kind of lead the parade for causes of bleeding, and that has maintained itself for a while. Now, in terms of bleeding, I also want to mention that when you really go through a differential diagnosis, unusual conditions like amyloid involving the liver can bleed. Connective tissue diseases such as polyarthritis nodosa and lupus, where you have vasculitis and small vessel disease, they can bleed almost anywhere. And some crazy things like typhoid fever and malaria can also bleed. But again, I don't think I've seen a case of either of those, except in a textbook. So it's really going to be endemic to certain parts of the world. If you're living in those parts of the world, I'm sure you're thinking about that in your differential diagnosis. Now, I also mentioned before that you can see two different lesions in the same patient. Here's a large mass left lobe of liver, 
classic for hemangioma, peripheral puddling. And here's a second lesion, bright blush, which is consistent with FNH. You can see the feeding vessel to the center of that lesion. You can see nicely on the MIP the puddling in the lateral segment of the left lobe. So FNH and hemangioma. And I mention that because it's not uncommon to see both of them occurring together. And often the hemangiomas, like in this case, are going to be large. So again, you can see two lesions. You don't always need to have one lesion. And if lesions look, look atypical, one looks typical, one looks atypical, perhaps that hemangioma would be atypical for hepatic adenoma or FNH, but it's perfect for hemangioma. Beautiful example, same case showing you the cinematic rendering of both the right lesion, which is FNH, and the left, which is cavernous hemangioma. Now, in terms of understanding bleeding, I think it's really hard to figure out. Tumor angiogenesis is one of the typical things that's thought about in hepatoma. Also, neovascularity becomes important. The highest risk tumors are large in the periphery of the liver, either abutting and protruding beyond the capsule, the minimal thickness of peritumoral liverparenchyma and the degree of capsular protrusion have been associated with an increased risk of rupture. Here's an example, cirrhotic liver, underlying bleed present, underlying masses consistent with hepatoma with obvious spontaneous, really impressive bleeding present from multiple sites. Again, you could consider some type of bad vasculitis, but a vasculitis only involving the liver is kind of rare, usually involves the kidney also. So a case like that, hepatoma. This patient, again, spontaneous bleed, neovascularity, cirrhotic liver. At the end of the day, hepatoma is the best bet, and that's what this was. MIP imaging, again, I mentioned before, very valuable in helping you look at neovascularity. And you can see the extension of the bleed into the perihepatic space and the blood throughout the abdomen and pelvis. And this is also nicely shown in the cinematic rendering. Again, cinematic rendering, very good at texture mapping, very good at looking at bleeds and anything else along the change in contour, shape, or enhancement within a liver mass. Now, if I wanted to get down to some rare things, I could mention this patient who was treated for Wilms tumor, had radiation therapy, now presents with tumor in the chest, spontaneous hepatic bleeding, and this was an angiosarcoma. One of the complications post-treatment for Wilms tumor can be angiosarcoma of the liver, large mass, and you saw the bleed present. So a very unusual case of a patient developing an angiosarcoma, likely due to radiation therapy in a patient with a Wilms tumor. Just a beautiful example. And here's that same case using cinematic rendering. And again, the bleed and the mass itself, all very nicely seen. Angiosarcomas occur in the liver, as we mentioned. They can be large, they can be vascular, and they spontaneously bleed. Just look at the neovascularity in this case. Now, the truth is angiosarcomas are very rare, but they do occur, okay? Really nice example of that angiosarcoma. And here it is on the washout. You can see the areas of irregularity in the right and left lobe of the liver. Another thing to kind of mention regarding hepatomas is the pseudocapsule. 
No, you don't need to see an infiltrating tumor. Well-defined mass, hypervascular, neovascularity, really good for hepatocellular carcinoma. So again, pseudocapsule doesn't mean the patient's resectable. It makes it look impressive and well-defined, but a very good appearance for hepatoma. This is really accentuated on cinematic rendering where it's really nicely shown both on the arterial and venous phase imaging. So let's do this. Time is up for this lecture. I want to speak to you a little bit about this whole hepatoma, hepatic adenoma, then perhaps finish up with some additional topics. So let's take a short break and come back in a couple minutes. Thanks very much. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.